In this week's SME feature, we speak to Miles Kubega about his success having developed his Vuyo Buravos role business into a well-known brand. Miles, where did it all begin for you? <laughs> it started from the bottom now we <laughs> no, um it's literally it started from seeing the Hansa TV ad and I every time I watched that ad I always thought to myself I wonder if it's based on a true story because you know in South Africa we're often surrounded by negative stories and here was a story about this entrepreneur who sells Borovos rolls on the side of the road and grows it into a multi-billion rand empire and I thought wow I wonder if he actually exists mm. and um, I googled only to find out there was no voyeur. It was a totally fictitious character. And then a while after that, I just decided I was going to do this. And I registered the trademark. And from then, I became voyeur. <laughs> Ooh, voyeur. <laughs> Such a big dream, man. <laughs> now, let's talk marketing. Your business is obviously synonymous with uh, the TV advert narrating yeah. voyeur, the big dreamer. How has this worked for you? I mean, this it's interesting. Even just small little examples. Now, even my mother calls me Vuyo now. <laughs> Sad, I know. But, um, I mean, it's, it's given us amazing mileage because, you know, you'd go anywhere in Joburg or in South Africa for that matter and you hear a kid going, Oh, Vuyo, it's such a big, big dreamer. <laughs> the other day I was in Tsetsekama in the Eastern Cape on the, you know, those treetop um, zip, zip slides. And the, I don't know how they discovered, I think, because I'm always wearing branded gear. The one mm. lady goes, are you Vuyo? I go, yeah. Now we are like 50 meters above the ground on a tree in the Eastern Cape. And someone is going, oh, Vuyo, it's such a big, big tree. <laughs> so I think it's been amazing mileage and it shows the power of a great brand. It's a wonderful story. Now, yeah. it brings me to my next question. How has the brand been received? How, ha- how is the business doing? Uh, the business, you know, like in any business, um, you it's a, it's a lot of slog. But I, I'll be honest with you it's been amazing you know it's it's totally been amazing we had um interesting parts of our journey but we get into a part where now it's you know full steam ahead and we're still in the bulletproofing stage where we're making sure all the systems are bedded down because uh, as i was saying earlier we get a lot of requests for franchising mm. and the last thing you want to do is hand over a product that is not fully um, bulletproof uh, to someone who's putting their life investment into it. Yeah. So that's where we are now. Um, we're just bulletproofing our business. The food business is quite competitive and yes. populated somewhat. Yeah. Uh, what challenges have you faced personally in this journey? Yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, the food business will put hair on your chest. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, you gotta you got to have this, the, the stomach for it. Um, because... Um, my background is actually in IT, so food for me, going to the food business literally was just based on the TV. I, I didn't have any inclination into going so into food. So that was a baptism of fire in its own right. But the upside of it is, we, you know, when you come in and you don't know what you don't know, okay. everything is a learning. So you're more likely to engage with things and ask what I thought was stupid questions, but you often find there's really no good answers for them. It's just been done the way it's been done because it's been done that way, you know, and particularly with South African food because no one knows what that is. You know, no one is bothered to define it. 20 years on into our, 21 years into our democracy, you ask someone, what's South African food? No one knows, Mm. you know. So that's also an opportunity for us because we now tell you what it is. You know, it is what we say it is because no one can... Um, counter it because mm. there isn't a definition. So, so one of the key challenges was defining the category. You know, when you say Italian food, people get it. When you say French, they get it. When you say South African, they don't get it. So, 
educating people has been one of the tougher challenges, uh, I think, for, for us. Now, entrepreneurship seems to be entrenched in you. Uh, you are also the co-owner of an IT software company. Yeah. What are your views on the current SME space in South Africa? I Honestly, I think we need to do a, a lot um, in terms of, um, you know, entrepreneurship, I find most people that I speak to, they all want to do something, but there's a fear factor. And I often ask myself, where does this fear factor come from? Because in my life, in my business, we failed. We've done stuff that didn't work, and you go back, you dust yourself up, and you and you continue. Because in my mind, true failure is when you don't go back, right? When you quit, that's failure. But if you keep going back, it's just learning, and you're going back, and you improve. But I discovered one of the reasons why most people don't take risks or um, jump is because they feel inadequate they don't feel empowered to so and i think one of the reasons for that is that i think entrepreneurship should be taught at school um from high school to university so if you're going to be a lawyer there should be a module that teaches you some skills in entrepreneurship because you might be in private practice if you're going to be a doctor same story engineers you know so people tend to go into employment and become employees largely because they feel their qualification uh, lends themselves to doing that, but they don't feel that they in part of their qualification gives them the ability to go do it on their own. Mm. So I think that's what's wh- one of the things that's missing is in the education system. And then the rest is in the support base. So from my experience, th- there's almost little to no support in the first thousand days of a business. And, th- and that's where most businesses fail because that's why you need an angel investor, people who say, okay, you're not making money mm-hmm. and you're not likely to make some money for the next two years, but I'm going to bet on you because I believe you've got something that, you know, with enough time and groundswell, you're going to convert into something. So, I, you know, that's my two cents worth. Having said that, where in your view do you think South Africa can improve in this space? I think um, on the angel investing side is a definite uh, requirement because, I mean, if you go to the U.S. or um, other very tech startup countries, you find there's a lot of money for even dumb ideas because, you know, you never know what's going to be the gem. You put in the money and, you know, I mean, as long as I think if you can see that the, the horse you're betting on, the person or the jockey who's going to be riding that horse, he's got his head on his shoulders uh, screwed on right I think that's what you invest in you invest in the people more so than the business because even if the guy fails if he's got the right chops he's going to come back and take the lessons from the failure and trust me he's going to come back with an amazing startup and, and, and it is often that most guys who failed come back with uh, really really cool businesses and in fact my favorite saying is as, um, 90% of the f- first time startups fail um, and 90% of second-time startups succeed, but only 20% of the first-time startups go back to do it the second time. Mm. So <laughs> that says it all. It's an eye-opener. Yeah. Lastly, you mentioned requests for franchising. Mm. What are the biggest misconceptions about running a business? Uh, I think people more often, in my mind, they want the glory side of it, and they don't see that there's a slog. And... And it's not glamorous, you know, uh, particularly food. You know, at uh, 2 a.m. you're pulling out dustbins and it's hardcore business. You know, you in fact, it's one of the only businesses where a customer comes in, places an order, you take the order, you produce the order, you deliver the order, they consume the order, they pay for the order and all in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. You can see how many 
places or where the thing can go wrong, right? So I think most people's perception is that I'm going to come in, I've got this business, and it's just going to print money. Um, it doesn't really work like that. It's what you put in is what you get out, almost like anything in, in life generally. So, um, yeah, that's what I, I found to be a, uh, a stumbling block. As a parting shot, where to for Vuyo? Upwards and onwards. <laughs> um, uh, we're working very hard now, to, as I said, on to, to bolster our business. So we're finalizing our um, uh, distribution um, side of things because if you are going to do the franchising bit, you got to make sure you're getting people product, good quality product on time and so forth. So that's where we, we, we are now. We're finalizing that stage. And before you know it, you're going <laughs> to be seeing us almost everywhere. That's lovely. We wish you all the best. Thank you. That was Miles Kubega, the owner of the Vuyo Burvos Royal brand in this week's Sesame feature.